podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ben Isaacs, a.k.a. Benny from the Block, a.k.a. NC Show OG, all pro in the house, back in the house and remiss of us because it's been too long since he'd been in the house as well. It's been ages. It, Penny, what's going on? It, it has it has been a while. Mm. Um, I blame Molly conflicts. straight off the bat. 10 seconds in. Well, I mean, I do try to blame him for a lot. Um, when we have any technical issues, I blame him, whether he's involved or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I blame him for a lot of things. And let's blame him for this. Let's blame um, his his. I assume he's got some sort of beef with me, and that's why that's why I've uh, I've not been on. No, um, Propo, to, both... to be honest, has beefs <laughs> with a lot of people. Well, to rephrase, a lot of people have beef with him. Yeah, it is. It's more beef one singular, way. isn't it? Beef. Yeah, with it, it. yeah. He's not. He's not a very popular person with people who meet who meet him. <laughs> um, no, <laughs> I'm joking. I love Ollie. As you I love always Ollie. do. Betty, I love Ollie. You take it way Ollie. too far. Ruin the joke. We love you, Propo. No. Propo are not in the house, but will be uh, working his magic. And believe me, when Ben and I do a show, there is a lot of magic that needs to be worked. We have got a really interesting show, I think, if I say so myself, because we're going to get you up to speed. First things first on all the key news from around the league. Because there's been a lot of coaching and coordinator moves made since we last dropped a pod. So we're going to get to all of those, get you up to speed, give our instant reflection on him. The quarterback carousel is a spinning. It is Derek Carr right in the thick of that, of course. And we'll talk about not just Carr's visit to the Jets, where he might land, Rogers in all of this, but take a look at the teams that need quarterbacks, the quarterbacks that are on the market with Ben in the house. We'll take a look at that headline act quarterback class coming out in the 2023 draft as well as we try to start to match who might land where plus we got a bumper mailbag as well so we're going to fire in a ton of your questions as many as we can squeeze in frankly gang at the nc show instagram facebook twitter and tiktok speaking of tiktok there i mike's lobbying to take it over and i like that idea because quite frankly Everyone assumes we're going to give a millennial the reins, you know, a Gen Zia proposed generation. TikTok is all about, right? But Mike, maybe that's where Mike and Antonio Brown show lives. Oh, boy. I mean, with Mike, his appeal spans the generations. You don't have to be you don't have to be an old head or uh, an old school fan. You can be you can be young. You can be a new fan and you will gravitate towards Mike. I just hope that. If TikTok gives us an insight into Mike's life, that there isn't too much that is kind of eighteen plus rated. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we'll have to check because it. we're going to get like an explicit rating on uh, on our pod if uh, if we're not careful with that. But I love that. We'll look at that. We're going to be feeding content out through the off season. We are going to be first things first, first and foremost, most importantly of all, dropping pods through the off season. We've got some. I think it's fair to say some really exciting ideas. A lot of your show faves like Ben, Iron Mike, Jay Bell will be rolling in, but lots of special guests as well. We're going to go on a few different tips in, in the off season. We're going to, of course, get you up to speed with all the key news from the NFL. As we start to approach the combine, the draft, Ben and co will be getting you set, making sure you know the stars of next season coming through the ranks, but we're going to do different stuff. We're going to talk 
a lot of pop culture, movies, books. We're going to have different guests that maybe haven't been on the show before, maybe aren't necessarily steeped in the NFL, but a great guest. We might even move around a bit, talk a bit of basketball, baseball season's coming up. I might sneak in a few guests there. Hey, quite frankly, blank canvas. We'll see where it's going to go. What I can guarantee you is we are going to be prolific, thick and fast, certainly thick through the off season. <laughs> Joe's coming your way to keep you entertained. And by the way, final thing in terms of housekeeping and introduction, I just want to shout out everybody that's reached out to us either on social media, through our channels or pod channels where you can leave reviews and said how much they enjoy the show, how much they like the show, what it means to them in their day-to-day life. Just helping add a little glint of light into the everyday and we love hearing that from top to bottom everybody involved with the show that's why we do it that's the most important part of it and actually that's occurred to me ben during the season we were talking about drilling and deep diving into where around the world people listen to us i think we did that as a little segment on one of the shows last season and i want to really drill down into that i want to start finding there are people that are listening to us in iceland and i want to find them i want propo to get them on the show so we're going to work on on stuff like that as well it's going to be a fun off season oh that's amazing i you know, I can say with some confidence that the the listeners of this show are as knowledgeable and as fun as any listeners of any podcast. I love the feedback that comes through. I love the questions that come across. I love the bizarre, random things that I get sent because of something that they've they've heard on this, and they <laughs> yeah. kind of, they go down some sort of rabbit hole. So yeah, no matter where in the world they are. I want more of it. Just inject it into my veins. We have the best listeners ever here. I love that. What a positive start to the show. I mean, I love it. Uh, and it bodes well for what we're going to do. Let's get down to business. Let's start with Derek Carr because he is hogging the headlines, understandably, no longer a Raider, of course. That was widely expected. And it's the Jets that are courting him at the moment. Now, the Jets, of course, quite clearly in the market for a quarterback. They're one of the teams that are, and we'll list those teams that we think anyway, and you might disagree or you might have others that you think we might be missing, but we'll, we'll map out the teams we think need a QB and the Jets are up there. In fact, Woody Johnson, Jets owner, the missing piece, he said. He's also, when questioned by media about it, said, yep, yeah, he's happy to splash big bucks. I think they asked him, would he be happy to pay a lot of money? Absolutely was his answer there. Uh, so no surprise that they're looking at Carr, who is the hottest property on the market, along with Jimmy G. Let's look at those. So Rogers aside, right? Quarterbacks that we think are going to be in play or could be in play. There's Garoppolo. Side note there. Don't know if you saw this news. I just clocked it on NFL.com this morning before we started recording about Brock Purdy delaying his surgery. You seen that? Yes, yes. Is Jimmy G going to be a 49er next season? Oh, my word. <laughs> it's... It's, it's it's just like it's like the weirdest divorce that you can imagine mm. in that it's he's not still living in the house they've divorced but he's living in the yeah basement. yeah and they're not super bitter they accept look okay look this hasn't worked we had some good times but for the, for our own sakes we need to we need to move apart but then something keeps happening and it's like oh yeah i've i've got this apartment i'm going to move into oh it's fallen through I can like i it. can i just can i just stay another few weeks on the sofa and and she's looking at him kind of like, do you know what? He looks better every day. It's a rom-com. No, no, like we it. can't, we can't, we can't. But looking good again. Kate Hudson's going to be in it. Uh, we're gonna, 
it's gonna end up the kid yeah the flat always falls through somebody is it the kid the kid is constantly <laughs> jeopardizing the flat falls through the job in in well no where 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 maybe the job in washington yeah. <laughs> political operative job falls through wow we're on to something at garoppolo the movie um yeah. of course we love to see garoppolo in new york for reasons that uh old school americanage listeners shout out to all your old school carnage crew out there would would know and love and carlson and i were getting into you the other day on the show jimmy g he's gotta play in jersey right he's gotta be in jersey because jimmy g's gonna win in jersey so jersey uh, jimmy Jersey Jimmy, you know, no, Jimmy's gonna win. <laughs> um, so okay, so you got Garoppolo, you've got Derek Carr, other quarterbacks that we think could be on the move. Teddy Bridgewater is a free agent. Gino, we think this this the Hawks will lock in, but you never know, is technically know. available. Danny Dimes, of course, we'll get into that and what the Giants might do with him and Saquon. Cooper Rush, Drew Locke, Minch, of course, Drew Locke. Minshew, God, the Minshew might maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll try and match the opportunities versus the 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 talent out there at the moment. Then, of course, you've got the Lamar conversation. We'll get into that as well. Um, teams that we think need a quarterback. So the Jets obviously do, right? This is what I've got on my list. Dive in if you feel otherwise, Betty. Yeah. So sure. Possibly the Titans. Right, yeah, I think yeah. they're probably on the right side of the line. I think they'll probably back Tannehill for another year, given the market. But maybe, right? The Colts will they yeah. probably? I think the Texans I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The Bucks definitely. Washington definitely. The Saints pretty certain. Yeah, James mm-hmm. is the guy. And then the Panthers, right? Sam Donald, we love you, but. That's not going to happen. Is that right? Have I missed anyone? Do you agree with that list? What are your thoughts on that list? I mean, I think that I think those are the ones that should be certainties. Mm-hmm. Um, there are still ones like um, in Green Bay. You know, we just we just don't know, and that is that is up to Aaron Rodgers. There is, of course, which is Benny on Green Bay. If if Rodgers goes, Jordan Love will start, won't he? I mean, they've invested too he, much yes. in. He'll start. They won't be looking for a replacement. Sure. I mean, they'll get some no. veteran, uh, you know, Dolphin yeah, type that, backup. But... That's yeah. That's that's what I mean. They will still need someone in the building who is experienced. So even if mm. even if they decide, okay, we're going to ride with Jordan Love, which I think at this point they would have to do. We know, we know they are not completely confident about Jordan Love which is why they have bent over backwards to keep Aaron Rodgers as long as they did, which they didn't do with Brett Favre. Tell us about Jordan Love in college, because it feels like 55 years ago that he was drafted. <laughs> uh, we had barely seen him in the NFL. You cover the college game day in, day out. What was your what was your um, rating of Love when he came out? Jordan Love, for me, felt like a kind of third-round prospect, a developmental guy. Um, he had some tools, but he was, I mean, very few quarterbacks are obviously the finished article when they come out of college, but some are more pro ready than others. Um, so, you know, someone like, you know, everyone likes to bring up Andrew Luck as the most, as the most pro ready. Jordan Love was obviously way, way, way off that, not just in terms of talent, but in terms of kind of the way that he, the way that he read the game. He went to a, he went to a smaller school. He didn't play particularly good opposition. He looked promising and I don't think the Packers should have drafted him because I don't think that he was the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. 
I get that they really liked him and they felt that he can learn a lot from sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. But I, he, he really felt like kind of the sort of person you would take a flyer on. You know, let's he's a project. I'm, I'm a fan of this idea of you should draft a quarterback every year. Just mm-hmm. see what mm-hmm. happens. Draft someone late. They they drafted him too high. And as soon as that happens, there's a lot of pressure because that is then the anointed starter. You don't draft someone as early as they did and assume that that's someone that is a is a future backup. So I didn't ever see him as a as a real NFL starter, especially in Green Bay. It felt like such a bad fit. So the fact that they were doing anything they could to keep Aaron Rodgers on the roster, keep him happy is in stark contrast, like I say, to when Aaron Rodgers was drafted and they had Brett Favre and they couldn't wait to move on from Brett Favre. They knew what they had with Aaron Rodgers. They knew what Brett Favre's downsides were and they just wanted Aaron Rodgers to take over and Brett Favre just wouldn't leave. And eventually he got forced out and it's the absolute opposite here. And we know that Aaron Rodgers is unpopular with a fair few players on the Packers roster and he's a difficult guy to coach. But still, they've been desperate to keep him. And that's because they've got Jordan Love, who maybe can make it into an NFL starter, but he hasn't shown anything so far. But they'll have to, they'd have to ride with him. If Rogers leaves, they've got to go with him. How worried do you get? How long can a player be drafted, sit as a backup before? It's a little bit like how long can a coach be out of the game? You know, the Gruden... He was out of the game a long time as a coach. He was obviously yeah. an analyst at ESPN for for a number of years. But this this ties in a bit, little bit with Rex Ryan, who's been linked with a gig in Denver as a defensive coordinator for for Sean Payton. How long can a quarterback sit on the sidelines before it's too long? I think it it's a really good question, um, and I think if you do just sit there for three years and you are not starting, it is hard to make that to make that leap. Now I think it's harder. If let's say you were a starter who flopped and then you were a backup for three or four years, barely playing, and then you needed to be a long-term starter, I think that's even tougher. I think Jordan Love will want to look at Jimmy Garoppolo's example, who was sat behind a future first ballot Hall of Famer, and it's clear the opportunity was not going to come. And he left and was able to be a very, very productive player. You know, I earlier in Jimmy G's career, I used to I used to make fun of him a fair bit because of the fact he'd been so hyped up. Mm. And I used to, you know, I used to say, you know, he's getting further away from that gold jacket all the time because people, people really felt, I say people felt there was enough talk out there that he's the guy that should replace Tom Brady. And it clearly wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. And he is someone who's been a very productive starter. He's not a hall of famer. I'm not totally convinced he's someone who can be someone who is taking teams to Super Bowls unless he's got a massively talented supporting cast. But he is a starting caliber NFL quarterback. There is no doubt about that. Jordan Love, I don't know whether he can be, but I think he's still young enough that he's got the time to he's got the time to come in. But he's been kicking his heels for a while. And I would assume Rogers stays put, but there's no guarantee. I don't know what sort of state Jordan Love is going to be in this time next year if he's still not playing. Okay, so Jimmy G and Carr, if we put Rogers aside for a minute, the two most appealing free agents on the market. Who's coming through in the draft? So if we're, to, uh, well, okay, actually, before I get into, before you answer that, so let's assume Gino stays in Seattle. Is Cooper Rush a potential starter? 
would, would the Cowboys, I mean, if, if the money's right, would somebody come in, look at the cameo that you had last season and think, he's my guy to start a team? Is that someone that, if he fits the system, I mean, with the Texans, if they, if you can't get one of the big guys, Garoppolo, Carr, obviously Rogers. If you're not going to get one of those, you then got the draft class you're about to tell us. How many of the draft class are game a week one, game one ready to start? Or at least, let's say within the first five or six games of the season, you could see starting in the NFL. Um, Two of them. I think there's only two. I think it's only Bryce Young and CJ Stroud who I'd feel moderately comfortable in. And I, I you know, I don't think... I don't think they're right there anyway in terms of kind of being good day one starters. But to be fair, I didn't think that Trevor Lawrence would be a good day one starter or Justin Fields. But I think, you know, you you need to start them. I think that, you know, the, the Jaguars did the right thing just going with Trevor Lawrence. It's, it's two quarterbacks and the rest in this year's draft. Um, I think there is quite a drop off after those top two. It's not a good it's not a good year to be having to draft a quarterback. Because probably the third best quarterback is Will Levis. And he's perhaps not a first round talent. He'll get drafted in the first round, I would imagine. But he's not a first round talent. That's just what happens with quarterbacks. Um, And someone like an Anthony Richardson from Florida, who again is not a first round talent. He's very erratic. He's got a lot of physical tools. I don't think, I don't think any team would feel remotely comfortable putting Will Levis or Anthony Richardson as their day one starter. I think... I think that is bad for that team. And I think it's bad for that player because I think those are players who are going to learn a lot more from the bench early in their career than from starting. Some players, you've got to throw them in. And I would say with with Stroud and Young, you want to do that. But the others, not if you can help it. Not unless there's a disaster. Not unless you, you draft Anthony Richardson as your number two and your starter gets a season-ending injury in preseason and then you've just got to go with it. But not a good time. Okay, so on that basis, then we've got four. Again, keeping Rogers aside for a minute, we've got four quarterbacks that are realistically starters. Five, if you add Cooper Rush in the mix, because I don't think much as we love him and revere him on the show, Drew Locke's going to walk into a starting huh. gig. Gardner Minshew, yes, will there? I mean, can you see Minshew? I, I don't think anyone's going to take the plunge. And it, for example, Washington thinking Heineke's not a guy, then they're not going to go Minshew, right? So it's 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 quite a slim class. Teddy, similar, great career in in many respects. I think it's always easy to malign a quarterback who hasn't scaled the heights. But here's a guy who started plenty of games in the NFL. Injuries affected him. He's a solid top tier backup that's nothing to sniff at right Teddy yep. maybe that maybe the most effective backup going in, in in the league right now Jones stays at the Giants they pay him the Ravens pay Lamar this leaves a Gino is paid by the Hawks right so this leaves Garoppolo Carr and a, a, a couple of rookies and yeah. like you said we've got the Jets the Titans the Colts the Texans the Bucks the Commanders the Saints the Panthers all looking. Uh, am I missing anyone on that list? That's Arizona. Yeah. Um, Arizona. Atlanta are fine with Ritter. They'll go with Ritter. Do you think they should? Um, I'm not a hundred percent. He's going to be the guy, but you've got to you've got to find out. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Give him more of a chance because he could be that guy. Okay. Let us know if you think I'm missing a team at, at the NC show. We'll fire. We'll and we'll tackle it on the next show. But on the basis, we're not. 
Somebody's got to give. Some of these teams are going to have journeyman backup. Uh, not really yeah, there are, starting. Yeah, there are not 32 starting caliber quarterbacks available right now. And I'm including the rookies in that. There's just not 32. There aren't enough to go around. So let's let's make the assumption that the Texans and the Colts draft quarterbacks. Let's right. let's assume. And it's not a safe bet, but let's assume that CJ Stroud and Bryce Young go to those two teams. You've still then got teams like teams like the Saints, teams like the Jets, who are desperate, and especially the Jets, because they're a quarterback away. They're a quarterback away from being a perennial playoff team. You know, they they can have legitimate Super Bowl aspirations over the next five years. Their window has now opened. And if they haven't got the quarterback who can take them through that, then it's all for naught. Now, can it be that Jimmy G is the right fit there? Because we know what Jimmy G has done with a really good supporting cast with a top defense. It feels like the Jets could be like 49ers East for him. He doesn't have to do too much. He doesn't have to, he doesn't have to put the whole team on his back. He can be that quote-unquote game manager. He can be a leader, which we know he is. That feels like that feels like a great fit for him. Mm. It is. It is interesting. It, I agree. I think. I think it's a good fit. If he, let's say he goes there, or Rogers goes there, and that's one of our questions from Adam. Shout out to Adam. First one out of the mailbag this show should green bay part company with rogers and what's his best landing spot that's a really interesting point actually not are they will they won't they is he gonna go is he should they hmm. is it time given everything we said what they invested in jordan love let's see what they've got given what they'll get for rogers i mean it'll be a haul maybe it's the right time to deal it i, I like if, the inflection on that question yeah if if the packers can find a trade partner for Aaron Rodgers, they should absolutely do it. And the reason for that is that at the moment, because he holds all the cards and he's, there's there's this really great, and I, I, I there's no way I'll remember his name, but there's a really great guy on Twitter who his whole account is talking about the Packers cap situation. And he goes into so much detail and you get all these Packers fans saying, uh, well, no, that, wow. you know, actually you'll find this. And he's like, no, 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 no. This is what I do. Here's here are the numbers. Here it all is in black and white. I think that could be the guru, by the way. I think that could be the guru moonlighting. I think he might have it for every single 32 (laughs) NFL teams. Just (laughs) cap burner accounts for each team. Oh, this this guy, this guy is amazing. And it's more fascinating, you know, as an outsider, it's more fascinating than most teams cap situation because of because of Aaron Rodgers. Mm. And they've invested so much in Aaron Rodgers. And what they what they've been doing is they keep kicking the can down the road. So everything keeps getting pushed back, but it still has to be, it still has to be paid. And all that happens is, is that when that bomb goes off, the longer they wait, the bigger the explosion. Now, to the point where this guy is talking to Packers fans and it's like, they're saying, okay, well, what about if they, what if the Packers do this? What if they do this? What if they restructure this? And he's like, no, 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 you don't understand. All this does have to be paid in the end. There have been all these restructures, but there's all this stuff that still has to be paid out that comes out of the cap space. It's a ticking time bomb. It has to go off. It will go off. And someone said, um, speaking hypothetically, 
what happens to the cap situation if he dies? And I thought, we are getting so Wow, that's too, I mean, too much, too far. I don't want to go there. My God, dark. But But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers might approve of the macabre question line of questioning there uh, possibly possibly yes Rogers so, could I mean, go, the, yeah could could go should go best landing spot i mean the jets well, it's been I, talked about hackett's there the of course but hackett's the you know that's the the obvious connection although that didn't work out for them with the with the denver play of course when he got that well in, in so many ways but in terms of the, the rogers situation but if you're buying into this connection and there are some that don't. There are some that think that's overstated, uh, of course. If you're a, a quarterback's coach or an offensive coordinator with Aaron Rodgers, how much impact do you really have? But I think there is a lot of validity in the appeal for Rodgers to play with somebody he knows, as you say, in an absolutely contending team in a big media market for all Rodgers' left field anti-hero vibe. He's definitely interested, I think, in playing in New York and in that media market and, and bringing the Jets back and the new Broadway Joe and all of that stuff. I think that's going to appeal to him legacy-wise. I think it's going to appeal to him. So that is a smart spot. But where else? I mean, out of that list, just revisit it again. Can you see Can you see him at the Titans? I can't. I can't. The Colts, nope. the Texans. No, I mean, the Bucks would be intriguing, but... Uh, is he going to follow Brady? I doubt it. And then no. they're kind of in limbo or transition. Washington, maybe with Peyton, right? That That is interest uh, with Peyton. Maybe um, with Riverboat Rod. Actually, with Bietemi going there as well, that is interesting. Yeah. The Saints, I mean. I it's a tough spot for anyone. Yeah. And the Panthers. I mean, the Jets seems to be the only viable landing spot he'd want uh, to go to, right? Las Vegas. Oh, of course, of course. Well, now he loves it out of the list, of course. Yeah, yeah, he loves it out west, right? We know that whenever he's not having to be kind of stuck in Wisconsin, he is back west where he's from. He's very much a west coast guy, just everything about him is, is a west coast guy. Now, that's not to say he won't play anywhere else. I mean, he's been playing in playing in the Midwest for a long time. I feel that being back west, playing with Devonta Adams. Having having a system that can be tailored to him could be appealing. And I, I just don't see like this is, you know, I think the only way that he's playing somewhere else is if he is because they the, basically the, the Packers can't cut him. If the Packers cut him, it becomes even worse, the salary cap situation. So this is only a trade situation. So I don't think they're going to trade him within the NFC. They want him as far away as possible. So I think you can, in this situation, you can discount any team from the NFC. So you're looking at teams in the AFC, but no one that is having to do a total, total rebuild. And the Raiders had a very disappointing season last year. They should have they should have done better. But I don't think this is a team that is an absolute bottom feeder. I think they're in a much better situation, obviously, than the Texans or the Colts, who I think want to, want to build um, with a young quarterback. I think the Jets and the Raiders are the two best are the two best spots for him. But to me, the only two realistic ones. Of course, of course, of course. I also like the fact that if he goes to Vegas, you and I, of course, legendary Vegas trip almost 20 years ago, Benny, uh, where for our friendship was forged. And you will recall, of course, the hours of fun we had on the Sigma Derby, the horse racing game, where you sit around <laughs> the glass, glass horse racing. I mean, there's stools around, uh, 
how would you it's about the size of a pool table slightly smaller than a pool table i guess um, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's what about eight stools something eight like that, stools ten stool. with a coin slot you each horse is given odds you can put can you bet as much as you want yeah a, i think you can and you can you can, and you can you, if you wanted you could bet on every single horse it's just buttons on uh, you know in front of oh, you yeah, just to bet on the, it tells you it tells you the odds for that horse and so you have oh, a bank i can't remember if, how you, you do know, you have to you have a, you put in coins for your bank or actually more than coins you can slap slap notes and you have a bank right so you just keep on tapping yeah, away yeah. and adding adding more will rogers do his own version because that's it the, and there is i noticed there's a facebook page devoted to the dying breed of Sigma, the Sigma horse racing games. I think it's in some off strip casino. There's only <laughs> one left in Vegas or something crazy. We've got to make a pilgrimage oh. to that next year at the Super Bowl, mate. The, uh, yeah. I want Rod- one in my house. Rogers <laughs> getting his own version of that with just with, with quarterbacks scrambling for the end zone. I like, or maybe it could just be big offensive <laughs> line oh. who picked up, picked up the ball. It's been fumbled. They pick it up and they're, and they're making a play for, or a big, a big D lineman, ninety oh. yard fumble recovery for a score. Or it might be his least favorite wide receivers, and <laughs> and the catch, the catch is you're there, and none of them actually win the race, because as Aaron Rodgers knows, it is always the wide receivers' fault. And each a- time you know you 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 bet on you bet on your receiver, it doesn't make it, and then a little there's a little screen where Aaron Rodgers kind of just flashes you that look that he gives to the sideline when one of his wide receivers makes a drop and he looks at his coach like, well, what can I do? What can I do? You keep signing these bums. You don't, you don't draft first rounders for me. I love it. I want oh, to see the Rogers match. Vegas I want to see Rogers in, Rogers in Vegas. Although Jimmy G in Vegas has a whole new dimension to that. All right, let's move on from quarterbacks in the carousel. I'm sure we'll be discussing this routinely over, over the coming weeks. Let's get into the coaching and, and indeed coordinator carousel for a moment because there's been a lot of movement here starting most notably, uh, or certainly in most prolifically, with with the Arizona Cardinals, who have been busy. So they've taken Gannon from the Eagles. Nine other candidates interviewed, incidentally, and partly, I think, because obviously of the Eagles being in the Super Bowl. And there's a really interesting, interesting story coming out in the way that this game works and the way that teams can be approached and everything else. And Sorry, individuals can be approached. Well, teams, I guess, as well. He had very little time to prepare for the interview right and they'd seen everybody else and they were uh the last guy in the room difficult spot you think i guess in one respect it's a positive spot they haven't they haven't got their guy it's a great great slot to ace it but then didn't have a huge amount of well didn't have any time to prepare he in an interview said he just showed bidwell and uh the cards gm whose name escapes me the call sheet from the super bowl you said, this is how I do it. Handwritten. This is how I do it. This is how I haven't had time to prepare. This is how it, and that was a, a gamble paid off. Yeah. Uh, this is his quote, uh, how he wants the cards to play. It's kind of a mixture of, I think it feels to me like a mixture of Belichick and Dan Campbell, right? He says, we're going to be adaptable. We're going to be violent. We're going to be explosive. We're going to be smart. <laughs> that's basically <laughs> Campbell meets Belichick, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I like it. I like that balance. Yeah, I do. And the th- I, it's it is tough because you know, obviously, the the more successful coordinators, let's assume the most successful coordinators are those in the playoffs. It does give them less less time to prepare for these interviews, especially if you go all the way to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And you know, you can say that 
his his game plan for the Super Bowl didn't work. Um, and not to be judged on one game, but you can say that didn't work. Now, I like him. And I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's a bad hire. I don't think that I mean it's not like they didn't occur it they didn't occur to them to want to interview him, but he was busy. They will have they will have spoken to him. There will have been some kind of communication. Um a lot's been made about the fact that he'd said he was gonna stay with the Eagles. He said that during during the playoffs. I mean, what more do you want him to say? You don't want him to say, like, well, yeah, I'm looking elsewhere. I mean, that would be that would be crazy. There's no there's no dishonesty. That's just answering in a professional way you're you're doing right by your employer at that point one thing it it should show is that he wasn't distracted during the playoff run i think he was very much focused on that he was he was focused on the super bowl and that didn't give them much time they must have had their heart set on him because i don't think you give someone that leeway um and give them and kind of hire them so quickly unless you're kind of already sold on them and whether it's the right choice or not, and only time will tell. I am a I am a fan of when teams, and this works for the draft as well as picking a head coach. When there's someone they really want, and they go after them, and they and they get that person because you know they're invested, rather than it just be like, uh, okay, it's this guy. I think this is their hundred percent in on him. Yeah, and he has uh, been busy in terms of crewing up, going back to his former boss to take somebody's going to become the youngest coordinator in the league nick rallis 29 that makes me sick that makes me sick defensive quarter propose only actually propo is probably the only person associated with the nc show younger than than nick uh he is younger than 11 players on the roster (laughs) (laughs) she's amazing he's going to be the the defensive coordinator former linebackers coach in philly uh drew petzing the browns quarterback coach feel about that but he worked with gannon um back in in mini it was back in mini they were assistants together so he's putting his crew his guys is is often the way he's coming in as offensive coordinator the eagles properly depleted and this of course is the the downside of a successful team and and a super bowl run particularly if you fall agonizingly short as the eagles have shane steichen is widely expected gone as well their offensive coordinator to the colts They've got the fourth overall pick. So as you alluded to earlier, it's likely they're going to take one of those two, a quarterback, right? With that fourth overall pick. Yes, they will. They they may need to make a trade to do so, because um, I think there's, there's going to be trades. But yeah, that that is my feeling. I think that's what they really, really want to do. Okay, elsewhere, Frank Riker's taken Thomas Brown as his offensive coordinator uh, at the Panthers. Brown, formerly, of course, part of the McVeigh tree, really, was it with the Rams. Um, I, you know, I don't, I mean, I like the Reich higher, but I do, I feel for Steve Wilkes. I, I feel that he was a little bit hard done, but more than a little bit hard done by that. Speaking of hard done by, great to see Brian Flores back in a high profile gig. He's gone yeah. to the Vikings. I mean, Flores, if you recall, Benny, I thought Flores moving to Tomlin and the Steelers last year was one of the signings of last offseason. And I think it proved to be the case. The fact that they were competitive, the fact that the defense was on point in so many ways, Flores instrumental in that. This move, hugely interesting because maybe not quite 
at the Jets level of coming into this season as really strong inside rail contenders, but the Vikings much criticized Vikings last season, despite their impressive record. No one was ever really buying into them. A lot of that problem was the usual Kirk Cousins narrative, but the defense as well, 27th overall, as far as football outsiders are concerned in terms of defensive DVOA, it was not an impressive unit by any stretch. Flores and some draft picks and maybe some free agency maneuvers will knock him into shape. I love this move. Yeah, I'll be stunned if they are not top half of the NFL in terms of defense next season. You know, Flores Flores is one of those elite guys. Um, and I hope he gets another shot as, as, a, as a head coach because he was hard done by in Miami. But in in the meantime, he is just going to massively upgrade teams. Um, and there's there's a, there's another. I'm you know I'm sure you're going to get to him, but because we've said Brian Flores, I want to mention I want to mention Vic Fangio, who is just going to make that Miami defense terrifying. Vic Fangio obviously has had his had his go round as a head coach. It it took a while before he got that opportunity, and it didn't really work out for him. But he is also one of those guys who you put him on your staff. And I mean, he's up there as potentially the best defensive coordinator around. Miami are already stacked. I think Vic Fangio going to Miami is one of is one of the highs of the offseason. I agree. I love it. And just to jump back to Minnesota, I think Flores, with the right maneuvers in in the offseason personnel-wise on, on defense, and like I say, I think it's evident that they're gonna spend strengthening the personnel because that is a problem it's can't just all be down to substandard coaching they just haven't got enough talent there and i think they'll be able to fill quite a few holes if they do get a top 10 top 15 d going i mean they've got to be a serious contender the vikings whatever you say about cousins they've got to be going to go into next season as a serious contender one of the brightest head coaches in the game right now even though Thielen's on the wrong side, heavyweight ground game, best receiver in the game, oh, they are good. they've got to be contenders, right? In that division too. Yeah. Now the thing is, is that they they won a lot of very very close games last season. Which I think they, it's a club. I mean, I think it's an asset. As I talked a lot about that on the show. I think that was hmm. one of the most misappropriated criticisms. I know that there's more to it than that. I know if you drill down statistically, DVOA, for example, and there are lots of other metrics yeah. that define the fact that they were an overperforming as far as the record was concerned. Team. I, like, I get all that. But at the same time, I think the fact that they had, I think it demonstrates good coaching that they will sneak in a lot of close games. So I think that foundationally that's a good good sign for moving on sure and so let's say that with those close games if if they had a brian flores defense let's say that in each of those close games they allowed one touchdown fewer than they did all of a sudden those games aren't super close games all of a sudden those games are like okay that's a you know that's a two score game right you know okay they right. won they won by 10 or whatever those games don't require some crazy fluky late play because the defense the defense is holding the opposition and Kirk Cousins doesn't have to do as much. It's not so much on like, okay, well, can Kirk Cousins pull this out? Because we know he's not one of those top elite quarterbacks. But when you've got a fantastic defense, you've just got to be a very good quarterback. And he is a very good quarterback. Yeah. And with a great yeah. with a great defense, that's a team that would have done better in the playoffs. 
Okay, let's dive to the mailbag. We'll wrap up the show because we've got some goodies. Wrap up with these. I love this from James. Hey, James. One non-playoff team to make the Super Bowl and why? Okay, let's say the Jets get Rodgers. Then I think that's got to be a serious look. If he stays at the Packers, is it the Packers, Aaron Rodgers? And I suppose the other name I've got in the mix would be would be the Broncos. I think we've got to look very seriously at, at the Broncos having a rebound season. Can they go? I mean, do you, where's your where are you on Russell Wilson? Now Peyton's in. Are we going to see a comeback season for the ages from Wilson next year? Um, if I if I was putting money on it and it was either going to be a massive success or a massive disaster. I would definitely lean towards massive success. I feel that if if Sean Payton can't get Russell Wilson back to what he was, or at least close to it, then maybe no one can. Then maybe Russell Wilson is cooked and he is just done. But this is Sean Payton. Like the Sean Payton turned Drew Brees into a a from a good NFL quarterback to a Hall of Famer. Mm. And Sean Payton has got to get a lot of credit for that. And he made the Saints perennial contenders, a franchise that had never been successful and hasn't been successful since he left. They have not really been a good team. They've really, they've really slid. He's the guy. Like for the Broncos to get him is so perfect. Whether they can, whether they can turn it around in what could be a very tough division, I don't know. Um, in that. In that question, I would have to say the Jets. The Jets should have been the playoff team last year. Um, I think you're right on the Packers. Just so many things kind of ended up going wrong for them. I can't imagine that on another go-round this season, they would be as bad. But the Broncos are the most intriguing because they were actually a bad football team last year. A really bad team. Really bad. And that was because of Russell Wilson. Well, offensively, yeah, exactly. Defensively, they were... Yeah, you know, for a long time, one of the best in the business, right? So they're an intriguing side as well. I, I, it answered answering my own question. I think Wilson does have a comeback season for the ages. I think the Broncos are going to, even in that division. Jesus, if Rogers goes to Vegas, wow! But <laughs> I think the Broncos are a serious proposition this year. I and, and we mentioned earlier, and we touched on it as well. Rex Ryan could be heading there. I want Rex Ryan back in the NFL. I like this old school, dirty dozen, OG lineup. I think I would like Peyton to assemble a team of assistants all over the age of 70. Oh. <laughs> I want to see. I want Mike Singletary out of retirement. Where is Singletary these days? I know you should know, Betty. Oh, a- God. I, yeah, even I don't know where Mike. I'm pretty sure he's not in coaching anywhere. Um, oh, Mike Singletary. Um, yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I don't think he's in the XFL. So, you know. Now, I'm glad you mentioned the XFL. Edinburgh Attic. Hey, Edinburgh Attic. Uh, at the NC Show on Twitter. Thought, this is his question. I love the brevity. XFL thoughts. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Where, where are we on the XFL? So, I there are a few things I really like about it. Firstly, there's football. And there because there is, as you yeah. alluded to, this cold turkey issue, which we're all feeling right now. Yeah, it's great. There's a lot of news to chat about. We can already start to think about so much ahead of next season. And and that's one of the smartest plays the NFL has made, I think, over the last decade is to be relevant most of the year. And that's cool. 
so you can still chuck on Good Morning Football, listen to this pod, wherever you get your chat and he's from, and there's lots to be getting into. It's not obviously not the same. It is so is the XFL a little bit like you're weaning somebody off heroin? <laughs> is it is it basically is it is that is that methadone? Is that what it is? Um, yeah, I mean the thing is is that some people will say that methadone is an incredibly addictive substance. Of course, if you if you live in the right parts of the world, then you'll have been in a in a chemist and seen someone have to come and get their methadone. Obviously, they have to drink it in front of the in front of the pharmacist to make sure they don't go and sell it. I don't think anybody is treating the XFL like that. I don't think XFL is like the the hottest property on the streets. I don't know if the street value for the XFL matches it but I get I get the point what I okay here are things I like about the XFL um from a realistic point of view um yes exactly it's more football and it's it's low stakes football and what I mean by that is that I doubt there is anyone out there listening to this who is a hardcore fan of any of these XFL teams right I don't think anyone is like oh I'm I'm such a massive St. Louis Battlehawks fan. You know, I'm I'm Battlehawks for life. Like, really? I don't buy that at all. So the thing is, you can just put a game on and say, I'm just going to watch this. I'm not stressing about my fantasy team. I'm not stressing about what this does for my team's future draft picks or playoff prospects. You can just watch it as a game of football. And I think for a lot of people, they might feel like, oh, well, if I haven't got a rooting interest, I don't, I don't care. And I'm not like that. I want I want to I want to see what these teams are doing. I want to see I want to see like AJ McCarron. Okay, AJ McCarron's got another go. Let's see what he can do. Heinz Ward is a head coach. Let's see what he can do. I like those things. I like the fact the Rock is involved because the Rock gets mm. showbiz. And obviously the Rock is a future close personal friend of mine. I've never met him or spoken to him, but I imagine we'd get on famously. And <laughs> recently I was out of the blue followed on Twitter by John Cena which caught me by surprise. Amazing. So, so the fact that John Cena made a point of following me, I didn't follow him. It wasn't a follow back. He followed me. I then followed him because it's like, okay, well, you know, what harm can this oh, do? Oh, you'd be played by Cena's, by Cena's 11 strong social media team. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I doubt, I doubt it's him scrolling through like, okay, he's got let's some, see. He's obviously Nakum got some follows. software to follow. I think it's because you're, you're verified, and rightly so. And you're a proper verification, not the Elon Musk... <laughs> uh, money grabbing maneuver and i reckon yeah i but i love the actually i'm being way too cynical on that i reckon cena possibly big fan of college days i mean it could be that uh he might be might be of course uh, a fan of your books you got a brand new one out of course let's get that plug in oh seamless segue when is the new book out um, that'll that'll come late summer early autumn it's called the american football revolution how britain fell in love with the nfl um, and it is it is the fans story because people don't seem to be telling the fans story of what fans in the UK have done to grow the game here. Um, the way that the way that it's developed over the last 40 years. So it's a chronological tale. And I speak to um, people from going back to the early 80s, the sort of people who were watching the NFL highlights on um, on World of Sports when they would show Super Bowl highlights, as well as once it started on on channel four and going all the way through to, to the current day. And 
I can only assume that John Cena is just waiting for the pre-orders to go live. (laughs) And maybe I'll send him a signed copy. Um, But yeah, I I imagine he's a big fan of my work. But I I just imagined that he was was going through people who you followed and Mm. thought, okay, well, if they're good enough for Nat Coombs, they're good enough for me. And some of them he was skipping and some of them he was like, oh, yeah, that guy. That guy. I want to follow that guy. And I was just one of those guys. So I guess it's only a matter of time before you and I become co-owners of an of an xfl team um you know if we can get a couple of hundred dollars together i i I love this this. so just as you were talking uh, john cena follows me as well (laughs) there we go there we go (laughs) i've started following following him sorry sorry cena um he is following just to put uh our egos in check over half a million people um but in in context he has 14.1 million followers so i quite like i quite like our odds there uh (laughs) That's amazing. I'm gonna, and there might be some random people. Uh, some of my <laughs> favorite follows, but more important to me, I think, than anything I've ever managed to do in this crazy business. The great, great Niels Lofgren from the E Street Band. I mean, that was. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I don't care about ever do anything else ever again. Uh, in this mad game, Niels Lofgren following me on Twitter was ah oh, Springsteen <laughs> coming this year. Let's go E Street. <laughs> hey, on um. On oh, we're gonna do a Springsteen special. I might get I get Matthew Sherry, Guardian, oh. <laughs> Guardian Maestro is a massive Springsteen fan. Billy Gavin is as well. Big Will Gav, he is um a big Springsteen. We could do a Springsteen roundtable. Carlson will have a few things to say about that as well. Oh, I mean, there's probably more to say about Springsteen than the XFL, but but there was one other thing I was gonna say that I like about the XFL. Well, two things. I've got two things, two more things I like about the XFL. I think I've started to think. I like a lot of things about the XFL. Well, like the beer snake. You like the DC defender yeah, beer snake. I, I do. I do. Hard to match the one um, in in Dublin for the uh, the, the yeah, college game that true. we went to. I'm hoping we can hope we can match that with Notre Dame Navy Ooh. and all. Shout out to our sponsors, College Football Island. We are going to be uh, we're going to be building up to that game in the off season as well. well frankly, there's just so much to get into. Oh, I cannot wait for that one. Um, so the XFL, the games, I saw bits and the games were okay. And part of that is because the games are quick. They use a running clock. So it just it just keeps going. So the games are like two and a half, two and three quarter hours, which is nice. And they've got some they've got some different rules, which I've enjoyed. Now I wouldn't necessarily want to see them in the NFL, but it's worth checking out the XFL just to see them in action. So instead of an on site, let's say you've scored a touchdown, but there's like a minute to go. And you you need that touchdown. You would normally go for an onside kick. Instead of it actually being an onside kick, you run a play from your own 25-yard line, and it's a fourth and 15. If you convert that, you've still got it. If not, then the other team's got it. So they want to kind of put it back in the hands of the skill position players. I like that. In fact, the, the St. Louis Battlehawks with uh, AJ McCarron, they converted one. Um, and they also scored a three-point conversion. So they were like down 15 nothing, and they were able to come back and win 18-15 through, um, through a quote-unquote onside kick, fourth and 15, and a three-point conversion. So you can you can kick your conversion, you can do a two-point conversion that's like the NFL, or you can take it from the 10-yard line, try to get into the end zone, and that'll get you three points. So these things are fun. I like seeing these things. It's a little bit like kind of a laboratory um the rules makers are trying different things the broadcasters will try different things and obviously it's a it's a it's a chance for players to perhaps get into the nfl so there's interesting things happening 
even if you don't care about the teams. You know what? I'm just, as you're saying, there are all really good, good points. Um, are you touching this, I suppose, just by mentioning AJ McCarron and others? Paxton Lynch is playing in there and it's Martavis Bryant. I've noticed he's got a team as well. He's uh, he's in the mix. Second chance. Uh, second chance. The League of Second Chance is what I think actually yeah. Dwayne Johnson yeah. called it. I think Second Chance is. Uh, and I love that. I love that fact. Second Chance is players that overlooked, didn't get a shot in the first place, blew their shot, whatever the crack. I love the fact that there is, and look, it may, fairy tale, it's Kurt Warner and they win a Super Bowl in their Hall of Fame career. If they get back into the NFL, or even if they don't, they're just playing ball for a few more years at a decent level in a credible environment. It's on ESPN, of course, ESPN Player. If you're in the UK, which many of our listeners are, uh, that is where you can watch it. Get involved. We've got to pick ourselves a team as well. I was noticing, actually, that looking at the players in there as you were chatting, Benny, Will Hill III, he plays for the Arlington Renegades. I like Will Hill III because if you look at his name very quickly, his neighbor is like Will Hill Ill. <laughs> so yeah. I like Will, Will Hill III. Paxton Lynch is playing for the Orlando Guardians. Uh, I'd like actually is is Martavis Bryant is playing for the Vegas team, Vegas Vipers. Oh, I'm one all in on the Vegas. That is my team. I'm going Vegas Vipers. So something I like about the Vegas Vipers is they've got a cool name. Yeah, they play at an absolutely tiny stadium. They've got by far the smallest stadium in the XFL. It's a it's a soccer stadium. It's like a low-level soccer stadium. And I like the kind of the fun aspect of that because some of these teams are in like big stadiums. It doesn't really work. Um, well, Rod Wilson's like... their head coach. Yeah, I know it's wild. Oh, I'm definitely in on the Viper. I love I it. We've got to go and see the Vipers. We can stick around after next year's Super Bowl because the XFL season will start about a week yeah. after. We'll stick around for a Vipers game. If we can get tickets. Fair. Fair. Well, Carson knows Woodson. They did a Super Bowl together. And Carson, yeah. as, as he regularly reminds us, yeah. they get Carson to tap him up. The other the other team that I've got a soft spot for is the San Antonio uh, Brahmas. Oh, the Brahmas. Um, yeah. Partly because I just think it's it's the weirdest name in the XFL, but also it's the only it's the only place that I feel has not had much of a of a football heritage. Like even even Orlando. We had them in the World League for a while, and San Antonio was, but San Antonio was desperately trying to get an NFL team for so long. Um, you know, they they built the Alamo Dome in the hope of putting an NFL team in there. It wasn't it wasn't simply for the San Antonio Spurs basketball team. They really wanted to be like, okay, we we are we are an NFL we are an NFL city, and they really thought that they would be more likely to get um, to get an NFL team than than Houston once Houston. Once the Oilers left, they really, they really pushed. They really pushed for it. So I, I've got a soft spot for San Antonio. They've been desperately trying to be a, a big league, a big league football town. And they're maybe not getting it with the XFL, but the Bra- the Brahmas and the Vipers, they play in different conferences. So I guess. No, no, you got to, you got to pick one, Betty. So you oh, can. Oh yeah. man. Okay. I'm going with San Antonio then. Go with the Brahmas. I'm going Vegas. We'll find out. We'll get Propo or pick a team as well. It can't be either of those two. And let, listeners get involved. Get on the xfl pick a team let us know who you've picked at the nc show we will start to follow xfl on the show keep you up to date start to look particularly at the the more left field stories and 
yeah, let's get behind. Let's get behind the XFL. Yeah. I love, I love the Rock. I love the second chance angle. I'm glad it's there, and they're doing it properly. So fair. Play. Yeah, and I want to know. I want to know why you're picking these teams, mm. and the stupider the reason, the better. Love it. Love it. Okay, get involved with that at the NC Show, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and of course the soon-to-be Mike Carson TikTok experience. My God, I can't wait for that. I can't wait for all of the shows we're going to cram into the off-season. We are rolling 365, gang. So make sure you stick with us, spread the word, let the people now shout it from the rooftops. We are now the UK home of the XFL. <laughs> that is <laughs> official. I love it. I love it. It's great catching up with you. All pro OG Ben Isaacs in the house. Look after yourself, bud. At Tweets from Bed. If you want, like John CD, you want to follow Ben on Twitter. <laughs> at Tweets from Bed. For the stylings and profilings, we'll be hearing a lot from Betty, of course, as we start to build up to the combine and the draft. We'll get it. We'll do some mock drafts. We've got some college day specials. I mentioned uh, our friends over in Ireland, the college football classic coming later on this year with Notre Dame in the house. We're going to be over there for that. We're going to be building up to it. We're going to have all kinds of goodness coming on that as well. Uh, I should also shout out the Guru Sandrini, FFS, and our friends at DraftKings. We're going to be rolling a lot of fantasy chat in the offseason as well. And as I said at the top of the show, lots of very special guests coming your way imminently. So keep it locked in. Benny, loving your work. Saluting you, man. Thank you. I'm looking forward to speaking to you again soon. I like the way you said that, like you were talking to someone you were giving their first job interview to. <laughs> in touch <laughs> thank you I'll be in touch thank <laughs> you see ya Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>